Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into Best on the Board here at The Athletic. Michael Feller and Dan Santaramita here as we are getting ready to get started in week six of college football and week five of the NFL. Both of those kicking off here on Thursday night. Dan, how are you doing on this? Uh, you and I both in Chicago, gloomy gray day here this morning. How are you, my friend? I'm good, although I have to say the one thing I'm most excited about this being just a two-person show is I can't go one-and-one one again. It's been four straight weeks of one-and-one. <laughs> one. We break it by forceful action this time around. <laughs> yeah, you got to love that, right? You got to mix things up a little bit. Just you and me here, Ari Wasserman, doing the dad thing, which I guess is cool. <laughs> Congratulations, uh, Ari, and uh, take as much time, of course, as you need. Ari and I were both away last week, so Dan, you were representing for our usual Thursday Best on the Board crew, and as you said, a one-and-one one week for you, so that moves you to four-and- six on the season. I'm sitting at two-and- five. Ari's back at three-and- five. We're each going to give you three Three picks here on this episode of Best on the Board. A little bit of college, a little bit of NFL with what should be a really fun game, actually, with the Rams and Seahawks getting us going in week five a little bit later today. But we're going to start in the college game. Dan, take us out to the Pac-12 for your first pick. What do you got here? Yeah, Arizona State and Stanford playing a a Friday game. I I like the over here, um, which... You know, it's 51 and a half, which seems like kind of an average number. Nothing fancy about it. Arizona State UCLA last week was one of those Pac-12 after dark games. It was 42-23, and it looked like it could have been a lot more. Arizona State was scoring at will. Uh, Ricky Pearsall was getting big plays all over the field. And I'm going to be honest, this is a bit of an Austin Mock special. Uh, if, if you read The Athletic, he's, he does our model for college football and his model, uh, which is 26-18-2, we should get him on the show. He's better than we've been doing. Uh, but but the model likes the over here. It has, has a projected total of 55.5, so you're playing with four points of an advantage. And I, I just think Stanford's offense is probably being undervalued. That first week, they only scored seven at Kansas State. Tanner McKee has really had the Cardinal playing much better on offense. Now, they're coming off that win against Oregon. Very different... Uh, opponents Oregon and Arizona State you know Arizona State much more of a high tempo which is funny because Oregon known for that offense but I think Arizona State is actually more explosive this is not the Oregon uh, of recent previous years where they were putting up the points in big numbers so I I think Stanford's got an offense with McKee that they can chase the points a little bit as Arizona State's going to put them up and uh, I I like the over here for sure Yeah, that's uh, it's a number that definitely feels attractive at fifty-one and a half. Not necessarily one that, as you said right off the top, like it's not a crazy number. It's not one where you like look at you know sideways when it first comes out. But with the way these two teams are going, and especially with the recent form that Arizona State has been in, could see why this would be one where you would ultimately lead yourself toward the over. So that's going to be our first pick on the record for Week Six college football: Arizona State and Stanford getting over fifty-one and a half for my first pick. Dan, I'm going to take us to that NFL game between the Rams and the Seahawks tonight. A really fun Thursday night game. Rams are two and a half point favorites in Seattle. And I like the Rams in this one. I think they're just, you know, simply the better team. And we've actually seen home field advantage evaporate over the last few years in the NFL. It's playing true to form this year. We've seen more road teams win straight up, not just against the uh, spread, but straight up home road team victories are more than home team victories. And that's a trend that is true back for 400 games now. The last 400 games, you've had more road teams win straight up 
than home teams. And yeah, this uh, this just feels to me like a game where the Rams are just flat out the better team. And you know, last week Arizona really showed itself what it could do, showed the league that it's not just some offense-only team or some team that is going to beat up on the teams that it should, but then when it gets to tougher competition, that it's one that needs to be faded. Uh, they took care of business against the Rams in LA in a big way and a really, really impressive win. Maybe the most impressive win of the season to date. This feels like a bounce-back spot. You have Seattle on the other side of that winning last week against San Francisco in what was a really important game for them after a couple of losses in a row. So you have a team, I think, that is primed to bounce back in L.A., a team in Seattle that just feels like you know, we, we've seen this Seattle team for the last few years over and over and over again where, you know, Russell Wilson has to put every single ounce of his being into every single game just to get them like a three-point win or a touchdown win. And there's just, he's not, they're not getting enough from the defense. And that is continuing once again this season. And you look at where the, uh, where the Rams have, or excuse me, where the Seahawks have been deficient defensively, susceptible to big plays susceptible in the secondary that is not exactly the formula you want to bring into a game against this Rams team in a short week so I just feel like this is a really good bounce back spot for the Rams Seahawks likely going to be playing without Chris Carson as well looking like Alex Collins is going to be the starting running back for the Seahawks Chris Carson dealing with what sounds like a relatively significant neck injury so certainly hope that he's okay Uh, but that's a little bit of a step down from Carson to Collins but this has a lot more to do for me Dan with Arizona's offense against Seattle, or excuse me, Los Angeles' offense against Seattle's defense. I just think that this is a really, really good matchup for the Rams on offense. And again, this just, we need to forget about home and road. We just need to forget about it. We need to think a little bit more about the teams. And I think that, you know, if this was a game that was in LA, we'd probably be talking about the Rams as laying six and a half. And so I just don't think that that matches up with the Rams laying only two and a half in Seattle. I think the Seahawks are getting a little bit too much credit for being the home team here. Rams, the better team. So I'm going to go with the Rams laying the two and a half in Seattle. What are your impressions of this game that we've got going on tonight? Well, the thing that, that I'm I'm wondering is how much uh, confidence you have in Matthew Stafford because that seems to be, um, you know, how's he doing in L.A.? It seems like this is a different guy than, than when he's with the Lions, which makes a lot of sense. But, you know, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone gets a little bit better when they get out of Detroit. Um, yeah, I like what they – you know, it's it's been – They've unlocked that offense a little bit, and this was something we talked about with Jordan Rodriguez, our L.A. Rams beat writer before the season, uh, something that Sean McVay, a phrase he leaned on a lot this summer was activation of eligibles and how he felt that with Jared Goff, they were limited to only a couple of guys. But even though there were you know five guys running routes, really only two guys were truly going to be potentially making a play. And with Matthew Stafford, all five guys are potentially available. The activation of all those eligibles is something that we've seen. I mean, we've seen Van Jefferson with a few big games. You know, Van Jefferson's got you know more everything than Robert Woods. They've gotten very little out of Robert Woods, frankly, this year. We've seen Tyler Higby really get involved. We've seen Deshaun Jackson with one big game. So they really are getting the most out of everyone in that offense, with the exception, the very notable exception, of Robert Woods. So I think that this trade, this acquisition of Matthew Stafford really has played exactly the way that the Rams would have liked to have seen it play. And we're seeing that offense take the next step. Sean McVay's offense got a little bit stagnant. And I want to, maybe the better way to say that is that the Rams offense got a little bit stagnant over the last few years, because no matter what's designed, it's up to the players on the field to execute it. And it just simply wasn't there for them, especially last season. And so I think we're seeing that round into form and take another step forward this year. And ultimately, I think that's really where this game is won, is that I just, 
yeah, Russell Wilson is great. Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. But I think that he's going to get a little bit more uh, uh, resistance from the Rams defense than what we're going to see from Seattle going up against the Rams offense. And so I think that ultimately this is a game where Seattle just can't quite keep up, that the Rams really will be one or one and a half possessions better than the Seahawks, and they ultimately win this game something on the long, along the lines of you know 24 to 20 or 27 to 24, 34 to 30. I do expect it to get up near that 54 and a half over under that we're seeing on BetMGM, but I feel like the Rams, again, simply the better team. And if we're taking venue out of the equation, I get the better team laying less than a field goal. It's something that I'm going to be comfortable with every single time, pretty much regardless of the teams. And I don't think anyone would argue that the Rams are the better team in this one. So I will take the Rams minus two and a half as my first play of the week. All right, Dan, take us back to the college game. You love the SEC, my friend. Always getting an (laughs) SEC play in here. What do you got for us in week six? Yeah, I like Tennessee minus ten and a half against South Carolina. Now, if you remember, one of the themes in the show is fading IU. John Hayes last week did it for me. I didn't have to make the pick. We're 3-0. We bet against Indiana this year. We haven't gotten a ton right in this show, but that's one thing. And one of the other things I got right in this show is I bet against South Carolina when they hosted Kentucky. So I'm going back to that well. It's not as strong a feeling as it is fading IU, but mm-hmm. I like this Tennessee team. Now, granted, and, and you, you make fun of a little bit of uh, how I go to the SEC a lot. I did go to – well, technically, I went to a Big 12 school in Missouri that now plays in the SEC, but that's another story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I'm familiar with the league, and I'm familiar with this Tennessee team because they handed my Missouri Tigers one of the most embarrassing losses since I was a student. Uh, Tennessee could have scored 100 <laughs> if they really needed to. It was, it was awful. So – I actually am impressed. I know Missouri's defense is very bad. Uh, trust me, I'm aware. But uh, Tennessee, their offense is kind of flying under the radar because this team, you know, they lost to Pitt early. They had a couple non-conference wins no one cares about. Uh, and you know what? They've been putting up some numbers on offense. And here's a bit of uh, a factoid for you, Beller. They Uh-oh. put up 423 yards against Florida. Alabama didn't put up 423 yards against Florida. That's the most total yards Florida's given up this year is this Tennessee offense. And that was a game they only scored 14 points. They had a missed field goal. Uh, they're chasing points late where they're going for it on the 30 and the 10, so the yards aren't turned into points. But they were moving the ball, and, and they put up numbers on pretty much everybody. So I, I really like this Tennessee offense, and I think South Carolina's offense can't compete on that level. I don't think they can keep up in a shootout. So, yeah, I like Tennessee to cover what's a pretty big number for a team that two, three weeks ago people were pretty down on in Tennessee. Yeah, it is a big number, but uh, you know, I think that it's one that you know, if I was going to go anyway on this game, I would be with you on Tennessee. It's a, it's a stay away for me. It's one that I'm not going to be playing, but I really think that it's really it's Tennessee or nothing. It's hard to craft an argument for South Carolina with the way that they've played, with some of the struggles that they've had, and with some life coming from the Volunteers. Certainly, uh, as you yeah. mentioned, the uh, the way that offense has been going, that's been you know that's that's the sort of team that can get going, right? It's it's if you're going to cover a number as big as this. You probably can't. You're not going to be able to do it entirely on defense. You're going to have to be able to go out and put up a 30 spot. And with the way we've seen from Tennessee, the way that we've seen that offense go, it feels like they're the sort of team that, in a game like this, can get to that 30 point number. So I like uh, the play here. I like the logic behind the play here, going with Tennessee against South Carolina. I'm going to take us to the biggest game of the week. 
you know, I guess you could say Arkansas Mississippi is the biggest college game of the week, but I'll say Penn State and Iowa is the biggest game of the week. Penn State right now getting two and a half, and uh, I'm going to do exactly what you did with your first pick. A little bit of an Austin Mock special uh, going to our <laughs> college football modeler because one of his plays for the week is not only Penn State with the two and a half, but Penn State money line in this game in Iowa City. I'll take the two and a half points. It's not a huge difference on the payout, so I'll just go ahead. I'll take the two and a half. I'll take the little bit of the cushion here and ride with the Nittany Lions. Again, similar to the logic I have with the Rams and the Seahawks. I, I, I just think that the that Penn State's a better team. I just think they're, they're the better team. They've played a little bit better to this point. Their wins are just a little bit better. You know, they have what I believe one common opponent to this point of the season, that being Indiana. Both of these teams taking care of business against Indiana. But Iowa has that, you know, really pretty looking three next to its name. But how'd it get there? It got there again with a home win against Indiana that maybe looks a little bit looked a little bit better then than it does now. It got there with a road win at Iowa State. A nice win, but maybe looked a little bit better when Iowa State was the ninth ranked team in the country than it does now. And then they beat Kent State, Colorado State, and Maryland. You know, not necessarily a murderer's row of opponents, especially with two of those games coming at home. Penn State, they haven't necessarily had the toughest schedule either this season, but clearly the best win out of any of these two teams is Penn State's win against Auburn in a game that Auburn came back late, you know, but this was a game that Penn State really did control. So that's easily the best win that either of these teams has put up to this point of the season. Could Iowa get that win if given that opportunity? Sure, but we've seen it from Penn State. They went into Wisconsin week one of the season and won in that game. Also looked better then than it does now with the struggles that Wisconsin has had offensively, uh, but still a, good, a very good performance from Penn State in that one in a tough road environment. They had the same victory over Indiana. So you just match these two teams' uh, resumes up against one another, and I think you're getting a little bit of line value on Penn State with the two and a half. So I'm comfortable going with that. I like getting the two and a half points. I think money line is a fine play as well. Austin's got a little bit more stones than I do and going that way. I'll take the two and a half point cushion any day that I can get it. And I know this was one that you were thinking about too. You're on the same side as well, aren't you? Yeah, I like this Penn State team a lot. I mean, just Sean Clifford has been really solid. Jahan Dotson looks like one of the best players in the country. Uh, I mean, to be totally honest, I put a few dollars on him to win the Heisman last week. I'm watching an Indiana yes. game and I saw 150 to one and I said, okay, let's do it. Uh, and you can't <laughs> find that line everywhere. Heisman line, long shots are kind of weird. <laughs> Um, but yeah, if you can find some value on him and I, I know our college football writers, uh, did their own kind of early season Heisman straw poll and he got a couple of votes like, okay, so we're in the running at least. <laughs> and, and look, I think the offensive talent of Penn state is just much better than the offensive talent of Iowa. Iowa has that fantastic defense and they've been turning the ball over almost maybe at an unsustainable rate that maybe kind of concerns me about that Iowa team going forward is can they continue to be, they continue to be dominant on defense. I could believe it, but to be dominant while turning it over and creating scoring opportunities for an offense that, let's be honest, isn't very good. I, I don't know if the mm-hmm. Maryland game skewed it. Now going into that Maryland game, Iowa was last in the Big Ten in total yards per game. So they put up some numbers in that one. Uh, but let's let's be honest here. Iowa's offense is not a prolific top five. What you think of from a top five team, right? And I think Penn State's individual talent on offense is probably going to be the difference in that game. If Dotson has a couple big plays, I don't know if Iowa has the uh, ability to match that. So I think it's a fascinating matchup. Penn State's offense versus Iowa's defense is, is really good stuff on paper. I'm excited to see this one play out. I do think Penn State's the better team. The only thing that worries me and why I would stay away is that it's in Iowa and that crowd's going to be rocking. Now, it's not quite a prime time game. It's a three o'clock local start over there. Uh, I, but I, I do like Penn State as the better team. Let's see if they can pull it off. 
yeah, the turnover issue that you mentioned is really the big one. How often, yeah. how when when you turning the other team over is your best form of offense? That's just <laughs> a hard way to win games against very good teams, right? There is there is a big window where you can still be a dominant defense, but where you could struggle to put points on the board because it's a big difference between stopping a team and having them punt and pinning your team deep or putting your team just you know not even just not in plus territory versus. You pick sixing, you creating short fields. That's a hard way to continue to win games, and Iowa might have that come to an end against Penn State this weekend. Let's get one more pick a piece in here. You've got a Big 12 play for us. What do you got? Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking away from the marquee games. I know you went Penn State, Iowa, and I'm kind of going on the fringes this week. Uh, I, I got Texas <laughs> Tech uh, to get even money uh, over TCU. We, now, this is one of the themes, another one of the themes of the show is overreactions, right? I think in betting, you always want to be wary of recent overreactions. I think TCU is getting a little bit of an overreaction to hanging with Texas the way they did last week. TCU always plays Texas well. In fact, it was kind of rare that Texas actually won against TCU. That's how good TCU has been. They always play their best game against Texas, and they're not playing Texas this week. So... I think Texas Tech, look, Texas Tech has actually been very good other than the Texas game. It's quite the opposite. They gave up 70, yeah. and it was ugly. Texas just absolutely blew the doors off them. But they come back, and this past week, they, they beat West Virginia 23-20. to How do you you know, manage that within the same season? You're giving up 70 to Texas <laughs> and 20 to West Virginia? I don't know. But that's college football for you, right? And I, I think this Texas Tech team is a, is a good value play to get, um, of course, I'm not getting a lot of value because I'm just basically getting even money as opposed to like a minus 110. Uh, they're only a point and a half dogs. So I figure that's the point. I'm not even, I'm not like, it's not Penn State, Iowa, where you're getting two and a half. I'm not even bothering with the points here. Uh, just go straight to the money line, get a little bit extra value. I think this is just one of those games, Big 12, Texas teams, anything can happen. And uh, I think Texas Tech's getting a little bit undervalued. So I'll, t- I'll take that value in the pick. All right, running out of time here, so I'm really quickly going to go through my last pick. I considered Arkansas against Mississippi. That's another one where I feel like we're getting maybe a little bit of overreaction to what happened to Arkansas a week ago, but I feel a little bit more comfortable going back to the NFL and making my play here. Daryl Henderson over 64.5 rush yards. Don't love the juice at minus 115, but still one that I think feels like a pretty big layup. I already made my argument for why I think the Rams win this game, and so if that ends up coming to fruition, you've got Daryl Henderson Total ownership of the Rams' backfield. When he's been healthy, Sony Michelle really hasn't had much of a role in the offense. And then he had the fumble last week, got himself into Sean McVay's doghouse. I don't think that's quite as as lock and key of a doghouse as Bill Belichick's was for Sony Michelle back in New England. But it's still one where if he's already a secondary, tertiary part of your offense to begin with, why really you know go ahead and get him back into a game plan where, frankly, you don't necessarily need him. Daryl Henderson has been very effective this season. The Seahawks have been terrible against the run and against running backs. And, you know, this is a team that has had a couple of wins too. It's not like we see um, we see situations where teams are just building up run stats because they're padding, you know, they're protecting leads and they're padding their run stats against the Seahawks in the fourth quarter. They've just been legitimately bad against the run this season. It's just a bad defense. <laughs> That's just the bottom line. Talk about it at the top. It's just a bad 
defense. And so I think that Daryl Henderson with the 64.5 rush yard prop, that feels relatively low for a guy in a good offense who should handle somewhere on the order of 80% of his team's carries. I also like his 88.5 total yard prop as well because of the way that he plays in the passing game for this team. But I'm just going to forget about that one. Stick with the rush yards. Give me Daryl Henderson going over 64.5. Really like the Rams in this game tonight. What should be a fun game between the Rams and the Seahawks getting NFL Week 5 started. We hope this started off your football weekend very well on this Thursday here on Best on the Board. You can still get yourself 50% off to The Athletic. Just go to theathletic.com slash best. It'll get you a 50% off subscription to your first year at The Athletic. For Dan Santa Ramita, I am Michael Beller. Best on the Board. Back with you on Friday. Me and Casey Joyner taking a deeper look at the NFL slate. Thanks for joining us. Good luck if you've got any plays going tonight. Happy betting in week five of the NFL, week six of college football.